Welcome back to the Deep Gripping Reality. This is part two of understanding the culture of social media um, in an epi- a two-part episode where we discuss Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram and Google My Business so that you can be a better marketer because you understand now what their culture is, what your audience is expecting, and how to use that to get you the best connections and the most engagement and best impression um, and really establish yourself as a go-to no matter what industry you're in. So stay tuned for some really interesting information on Twitter. If Facebook is the place for your friends and your family, and LinkedIn is the face for professional connections, the face of professional connections, then what is Twitter? People often don't know how to use Twitter professionally, and so they discredit it or don't use it at all. Well, here's the thing about Twitter is it's all about engagement. It's all about staying insanely active and almost oversaturating the market. And the reason for that is that it's about being live. It's about now. It's happening. It's, it's essentially social media with ADD um, and the ADHD. I can say that because I have ADHD, so I would know. Um, and Twitter's kind of a catch-all for just about everything. But here's what you need to know about why it's important to understand and use Twitter. A recent study said that when a customer reaches out to a company, whether that's through a comment or a direct message on social media, if it's on Facebook, they expect a response within 24 hours. If you don't give them a response within 24 hours, they either completely lose interest or if it was, and they go on to a competitor, or if it was a complaint and you don't address it, it's the same as them calling customer service and you hanging up on them. That's on Facebook. On Twitter, you have one hour to respond. That's right, folks. If you have a Twitter account and somebody tweets to you and mentions you or sends you a message and you don't respond within an hour and you're a business, you basically just slam the door on that opportunity. Slammed it right in their face. So it's really important to be engaged and make sure that you are on top of being timeliness. Uh, being timely on on Twitter. Um, a great example of using Twitter the right way is Oreo. So there was this huge blackout, I believe it was in New York, and tw- somebody at Twitter, the gen- somebody at Oreo and their Twitter team, the, a genius in marketing, said, uh, posted a picture of a dark room, or of, of a dark picture essentially, with an Oreo cookie and a glass of milk, and the only thing lit up was the glass of milk and the Oreo, and it said something to the effect of, still dunkable in the dark and it went viral it was huge people thought it was hilarious and so that was a great opportunity for exposure for for oreo and nabisco on twitter Um, but you have a potential if you don't understand how to use it right and you just try and cash in on hashtags that are trending um to really screw up so for example if you don't realize if you say that say when the uh me too movement started okay for those of you that don't know it's a political thing um it's about women who um or even men who have been abused in the in the workplace or have been sexually assaulted it's it's not necessarily political i think it's more of a social issue but the me too movement is a big thing and that started as a hashtag on twitter and if you were a company and you didn't realize that's what it was and you just thought it was an inclusive thing 
and you said, say you were Taco Bell and you said, are you hungry? Hashtag me too. You know, that's a huge missed opportunity and it can backfire bad in your face. And there's some great examples out there of businesses really fumbling on Twitter because they were just trying to cash in on the hashtag side of it. So, you know, there's over 50 million tweets sent out per day. Um, it's a goldmine of social opinions and conversations um, and it can really inform your, your brand strategy. Um, you can use different tools to, to make sure you know what's going on and your fingers on the pulse of, of essentially the social movement and what's going on um, and watch for, um, for different hashtags that are trending because when a hashtag is trending, especially if it's about you or your business and it's a good thing, it's huge. Um, in fact, it's gotten so bad that if, if a celebrity sees their name trending on Twitter, um, it either, people either assume that they died uh, or that they've done something horrible. So it's, it's a nice surprise when you, for example, see hashtag Mark Hamill and it's, you know, something amazing about him as the Joker or him in Star Wars or whatever, as opposed to hashtag Mark Hamill and it's something about him passing away. So people really do count on Twitter for the news. It's become kind of a news source. And part of that is is that politicians have started using Twitter to speak to the people directly, um, unfiltered. And for better or for worse, that's kind of what it's, it's become to a lot of people. Some people, depending on how you use Twitter, it, it becomes very toxic. It can be an echo chamber and a place for a lot of um, uh, confirmation bias, but it doesn't have to be. And as a brand, you should be on Twitter so that you can control your message. The undisputed queen of Twitter, right, uh, when it comes to um, branding and social media marketing is Wendy's. Whoever runs that Twitter account is savage. And they actually have a thing where it's like, I think it's called uh, broil me or something like that, and roast me, essentially. And the Wendy's account, you send them saying, give me your best shot, and they say horrible things about you, and it's hilarious. But because that is the reputation that Wendy's has built, they they can pull that off. And now if you if you write in to complain to Twitter about food or something like that, they'll respond to you right away. And often they'll try and get in touch with your store directly so that they can fix the problem. And that's the key to it is it's all about engagement. It's all about making sure you know the best time. So organically, I'm going to let you know a little secret. Uh, Sprout Social did a thing a while back where they were talking about the best times to post on social media. And they say that organically, the best time to post on Twitter is Wednesdays at 9 a.m. and Fridays at 9 a.m. Uh, the best days, though, ironically, is Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, and the most consistent engagement usually gets Monday through Friday from 8, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., so during the business day. The worst day is Saturday, least engagement. So live tweeting is a big thing, too. If you're at an event, um, live tweet out what's going on and share pictures. It's, it's just a great opportunity to really get a story out there. Um, in fact, there was this really great thing where a reporter, a real-life reporter, decided to watch Die Hard, the Die Hard movie, around Christmas one year, and he live tweeted as if he was a reporter on the scene of the Nakatomi building. Um, and it was, it was incredible. It was like watching breaking news, and people got in on it, and it was a fun little game. And that's kind of... That's the nature of Twitter. It's either a great place for news, it's an echo chamber, or it is a great source of entertainment. But regardless, businesses really need to understand Twitter and make sure that they understand the hashtags that they want to get involved in and use them in a timely and responsible manner if they want to maximize their impact on Twitter. So uh, yes, you can do Twitter ads and it's sponsored tweets and that's, that's a good thing too. But Twitter actually has, the biggest thing I want to tell you is that Twitter has one of the most insightful and deep and best um, analytics tools out there uh, 
built in. You can find out um, what their spending habits are, what their lifestyle habits are, what your audience's biggest interests are. Like one day it might be dogs, and the next day it might be computer sciences, you know. But it'll tell you exactly what the biggest interests are so that you can speak directly to your audience's interests. And then what's really cool is you can compare those interests to the interest of Twitter as a whole. So it's your audience versus everybody on Twitter, and you can kind of see where you should be targeting that way. The other way to use Twitter for targeting, too, is to go uh, a little bit further than that, and you can see what tweets have historically had the best engagement, which ones have had the most retweets, comments, that sort of thing, and you can actually see a literal graph that shows when you have the most engagements, how many tweets you posted the last month versus this month, which ones were most successful. And you know, you want to replicate that success. So there's a case, there's a thing that my, one of my professors once told me called the case method and without, um, plagiarism, it's copy and steal everything, C-A-S-E. And in marketing, that's very, very real. And it can also be copy and steal everything from yourself. So if something worked once, there's actually a, um, a little known, um, proven reshare value um, where you can take old content and refresh it, add a new thought, a new spin, a new way of posting it, and you can repost it and you don't hit the law of diminishing returns until the third post. So you continue to, if you do it right, you'll continue to get engagement and better engagement on something the third time, up to the third time you post it, then after that, it drops off, which is interesting because in, in comedy, there's a golden rule of three, which is something's funny only three times. After that, it's just annoying. And so that's, that's the same concept here. But again, it all comes down to knowing your audience, knowing when they're online and knowing how to, to reach them and how to speak to them. Um, you want to catch people's attention, say something funny if you want, or, or something controversial. But keep in mind, your brand is being impacted. And so when I said before that one of the cardinal sins is sharing the same thing across several social media, this is a good point. Whatever you post on LinkedIn is not necessarily going to be a good thing for Twitter. Um, well, it can be. How about the other way around? Whatever you post on Twitter is not going to be a good thing for LinkedIn. Um, and, you know, again, my, I mentioned this in the last, uh, last part. I'll tell you this as well. There's three rules to posting on social, in my opinion, no matter what you're posting on. And that is that the content has to be engaging and valuable to, to the audience, not just to you, but to the audience. Um, there has to be some interactive element to it, whether it's a picture, a link, or preferably a video. Um, and it has to have some kind of a call to action, some way that they can engage with it and, and find value in that. So that, my friends, is how to use Twitter to be more successful. Stay tuned after this really quick brief message, and I will tell you how to make the most out of the single most powerful and popular and best ad spend out there, which is Instagram. Instagram is a beast that cannot be overlooked. You can't afford to overlook it. Um, they have uh, uh, over a billion monthly active users, and from what I understand, the median 1.6% um, engagement rate per post, that's, that's kind of astronomical. I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but it really is. Um, it's on the rise in the social space. Um, 
And there's also some really, really great features that have expanded how users can interact with posts. Um, and there is talk of getting rid of likes, and they would be the first ones to do this. It's, it's kind of a big thing, and some proponents love the idea because they feel like people are too likes-focused. Um, others hate it. They're terrified because that's, you know, to them, that's their social proof, right? So um, they've really taken a spin. Instagram has really taken a turn um, for a much more authentic and personalized feeling um, of a social experience. Uh, their algorithm prioritizes certain posts um, to show up on your feed. And the nice thing about that is that if you understand how they prioritize, um, you can take really take advantage of that. Um, stories have also grown significantly. Um, that launched way back in 2016, and it's just kind of exponentially grown. And then also in 2018, they brought on a thing called Instagram TV, which is longer form video content, um, and that's become super super popular. So brands really can create some seriously engaging video content, um, both micro length and long form. Um, so there's a lot of different ways that uh, brands can interact. Um, on Instagram. It's not just about sharing pictures, it's about connecting with people. Um, so my special tip for that one is when you post a picture or a video to Instagram, uh, having it be exclusive to Instagram is a good idea, but you can set it up so it'll automatically post to your Facebook as well, since Facebook owns Instagram, and that's totally fine too. But I will say that when you do go to post something on it, take some time to have a really well thought out and filled out description. Um, go more in detail. You know, it doesn't have to be a quick, you know, 50 characters. It can be something a little bit deeper, a little bit bigger. And I personally have found that hashtags work really, really well on Instagram to boost engagement. So you want to have a boatload of, 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 um, of hashtags. And the nice thing about it is you can see how popular those are. Like, so if you go to put like, for example, hashtag for you or hashtag photograph or whatever, you can see how many thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people have been, even billions of people have been interacting with that hashtag and that's a really good way to grow organically. Um, for your ad spend, your money is really well spent on Instagram as long as you're doing it right and you're using it right because people engage in a big way with those. Um, now, I can't think about Instagram without thinking about TikTok. If you're not familiar with TikTok, get familiar because your kids are. Um, TikTok is the fastest growing platform for kids um, aged, I'd say probably nine to teenager. Um, it was Musical.ly, music.ly, changed to TikTok and became super, 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 super valuable. Um, because kids love it. They can, they can record. It's basically a mini um, intro to video content um, creator. People can, um, they can use filters. They can um, do duets with people. They can, and it's mostly for lip syncing and that sort of thing. But um, it's become a very big and very, uh, it's caught the attention of some big marketing firms. Um, if you go to marketing, especially digital marketing conferences, a lot of talk is being thrown around about TikTok because it's a way to reach a demographic that historically has been very difficult to reach since television has started to die off and there's been a rise of digital. Um, and you know they say that the best way to get to an adult's wallet is through their kids, you know, and that's true. So you know if you can figure out how to market on TikTok, if you can figure out what TikTok's all about, um, 
then I think you'll have a real edge uh, on, on the competition. So I know it was supposed to be about Instagram, but I figured I'd do a little bit of a dive into TikTok. And if you're curious, organically, the best times to post on Instagram are Wednesdays at 11 a.m. and Friday uh, sometime between 10 and 11 a.m. In fact, Wednesday is the best overall day to post on Instagram. It, the most consistent engagement is usually Tuesday through Friday, anywhere from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., but Wednesday is, is really the biggest day. Um, Sunday, it's the least amount of engagement on Instagram, and, and in fact, the, the lowest uh, engagement usually occurs late at night uh, and super early in the morning from like 11 p.m. to, to 3 a.m., so... You know, it's not necessarily a place where people are posting live stuff about their parties. So um, it's it's a really good way for you to get out there in a completely different thing. Um, a lot of people like to do an Instagram first thing in the morning or last thing before going to bed. Um, but, you know, that would be a niche thing. You want to look for that, you know, if, if, if that's when your audience is on. Um, you know, so that's, that's the best things that you can really know about that. Um, consumer goods do well on it. Uh, media engagement is huge on Instagram. Uh, even education stuff is, is really heightened, especially with, um, with, uh, on-campus stuff, college stuff. Um, even, we found even that nonprofits do well on Instagram. That's what I've, I've noticed in, you know, technology sector, healthcare. So there's, there's all kinds of different things that you can, um, do on Instagram to really reach your audience. So thank you very much for tuning into this segment. And a little bit later, we'll talk a bit about Google My Business. So stay tuned. Actually, you know what? No, let's back up for a minute. There's something I missed uh, telling you, and that is Instagram TV. I glossed over it before, and that's a gross misservice to you, and I apologize. So what is Instagram TV? Instagram TV recognizes the power of streaming and of going live and of the fear of missing out. Um, it is. It can be downloaded as a separate app, but it works with your Instagram app. It's meant to be mobile, um, and it allows for up to an hour of content um, to be created and shared. So you can either upload videos directly from your mobile device, or you can um, record it live. And what's crazy about it is that it allows you to, uh, it's, it's insanely simple and intuitive, but it allows you to um, really get out there and have a raw, real, direct connection. Um, and anybody can be a creator on, on Instagram TV. So the strategy behind how you use Instagram TV is that you need to be um, set up a series, do a scheduled series, and they don't have to be an hour long. You can do a half hour, you can do 15 minutes if you want. But do interesting, engaging, unique content and have it scheduled out to be every day, every couple of days, whatever, so that your audience knows what to look for. Um, for users, it's designed to be uh, essentially a TV. And it has channels, just like regular TV would. Um, but it is really, I think, going to be the future. And, and the brands that are super succeeding on it are figuring out how to use it. Um, and the best part about it is that it... For those who follow you, if you have Instagram TV, is it shows a short video first uh, on a regular Instagram feed, and then you can click it to watch the full-length video later. It's really, really cool. Um, and the other neat thing about it, too, is that it starts playing right away. So the minute you log into it as a user, it just starts playing as soon as you open the app. You don't have to browse or search. It's, it's based on your the current people that you follow, the current... Um, 
you know Instagram users that you follow. So what that means for you as a business um, or professionally is that people will get your content right away. Um, it's focused on connecting people in that way. It's really really cool. It's really easy. Um, the other thing you should know is that the videos are vertical, um, so it's it's not you don't want to do it um, in landscape. You want to do it in vertical. Um, but it does help you get a little bit closer to your audience and, and discover new people. But you can really, doing it right, you can leverage your community really well. Um, like with stories, uh, it's built on Instagram to use the, the global community uh, of more than 800 million people. When your followers open it, they see the original content, they see it right away, they discover your brand, and so it's a really good way to, to build branding. Um, and you can do breaking news. I mean. BuzzFeed is doing a great job with that. They're, they're killing it on there. Um, different news companies are, are doing breaking news through stories or through through Instagram TV. So do not uh, disclude or, or, or forget about Instagram TV. You want to get into this. You want to start using it, especially if video content is going to be a part of your digital marketing strategy. Um, fun fact, according to Instagram, um, People are watching less TV and more digital video. By 2021, mobile video will account for 78% of total mobile data traffic. So, you know, younger audiences are spending more time uh, with it. There's amateur content creators. Um, they're spending more time with those type of people and less with the professionals. So, and it's because it's more real. It's not produced. It's raw. So there's a little bit of danger to that, but, you know, it's definitely something that can be leveraged properly to be used in an awesome way. So sorry for the addition. I know you were ready for a transition to Google My Business, but uh, I really wanted to remember to tell you that. Okay, so now as promised, we're going to dive into Google My Business, but here's the deal. As much as I pride myself on being an expert at social media marketing, digital marketing when it comes to Facebook and LinkedIn and, and even to an extent uh, Google Ads, I got to tell you, Google My Business is, I consider it a social network, but I think it's it's um, something I'm not comfortable with. So I have with you, with me today, my first, the first guest of my podcast. His name is Matt Caesar, and I consider him a pretty damn strong expert at all things Google My Business and Google SEO. So thank you very much for coming on my, my podcast, Matt. No problem. no problem. You're a good dude and I appreciate it. So Google My Business is, I, I didn't even realize it, it basically existed. Um, would you say it's a new, a new platform essentially? No, Google My Business has been around for years since pretty, it would have been before Google Plus. Wow. It's, it's pretty much since you've been seeing the on maps, the pinpoints, Google My Business has been there. Nice. So why should a business of any size claim their Google My Business and what do they have to do to do that? Uh, well, first off, to, to claim it, you're, you have to go create a Google My Business account, put in your address and they'll mail you a verification postcard that'll give you a PIN number that you put in and that'll verify your business. Uh, to, to utilize it, uh, the main part of utilizing or the reason why you should utilize it is because that's that's your first pinpoint of uh, customer contact that's when your when your customer searches you that's your your first appearance that's your your five to ten second window to catch that customer's attention 
Nice. And I, I always say, especially on these podcasts, that attention is currency online. Um, you have only a few seconds to make an impression, and if you don't do that, then somebody else will, and you lose business that quick, and you have no control over it. Um, so let me ask this. What kind of things uh, – first off, I think it's amazing that they send this postcard through snail mail. You know, in this amazing digital yep. age, we, yep. you know, it's a, it's a security thing. I get it. Yep. Um, but let me ask this. So, so what kind of things – do people, how do they update their profile? Like what, what should they have on their profile first and foremost? And then how is it sort of like a social network? Okay. First thing you should do instead of just what you need to have on it, just once you fill out or uh, finish setting up your account, go through every aspect that relates to your business and fill it out. Don't leave anything blank. Uh, that, that would be in my biggest uh, recommendation for Google. My business is a lot of people leave little things blank, like, uh, the FAQs, that is a great place to put a lot of keywords and avoid having the same question called to your business over and over because your answer will be right there for your for your clients. Uh, as of it being as a social network, you have a spot to make posts, which is a, a, you're giving Google, the largest search engine in the world, your keywords right there, right to them. So they're seeing those questions and answers and it's, again, also getting in front of your customers' questions and answers of calling you. Nice. So I actually learned this today because you and I kind of work together for our company, social media posting. Um, what is the character limit for a post? Uh, 1,500 characters. Okay. And what kind of things should you include in that post? Uh, whatever's relevant for search content. It's, Google, again, is the largest search engine in the world, so you're, you're giving Google search content. Nice. Now, I haven't really gotten into this on my blog uh, or my blog on my uh, podcast. I'm actually saving it for another episode, but uh, I, I'm big into blogs. I think they're they're a powerful tool, an underutilized tool, probably one of the most important aspects of the website um, in terms of search engine optimization and establishing um, credibility and establishing industry expertise and staying relevant. Would you agree with that? hundred uh, percent. That Google is based there results off of people's content off of the the search results of what customers want to see or clients or searchers want to see so if you don't have a blog somebody else will and they will get in front of you mm -hmm. and then again you lose that opportunity for a business so people are essentially by not doing these simple free things they're literally flushing away business opportunities um, and I, one of the biggest excuses that I used to hear when I did independent consulting is I don't have the time, but it's like, if you have your own personal Facebook page and you can check that and see how your nephew's doing in his baseball team, you have time to do something like this because it's pretty easy. There's no reason not to. So would you recommend using the Google, my business posts like a blog, like a mini blog or, uh, how, how do you best do that? How often should you post? Is there a way to include video pictures? What, what, give me some ideas about that. Uh, I, I've pretty much stayed with the kind of a theory of doing it once a week for a company. You don't want to overdo it because then you're just pushing that content. You want to get in front of the customers out of the way too quickly. You, you want to make sure that, that it has time to be there to propagate through the internet to, to have time for your customers to find it. Um, for, I, yeah, that would be my, my recommendations for the, for videos, images, everything that you put on there goes on your Google, my business. And you have a section of, again, when, when you search a business, there's going to be a spot that says photos, videos. Those are all the ones you're importing in, into that, that post to your account. So the more you have there, 
again, it's it's that that grabbing that customer's attention. It's showing them what you can do with an image or a video. And if you catch that attention, you probably got that customer. So it's kind of interesting that you bring that up. Um, Google, basically, you're giving Google the keys to um, properly, organically advertise for your business. Um, I think that it's it's really interesting to me that since not a lot of people know about this, especially the posting feature, is that a newer thing or has that been around forever too? That's been around as long as I've, I've been in this field for going on eight years and it's been there the whole time. Wow. See, I feel as, as much as I like to call myself a digital marketing expert, I feel so astonished by that information just because it is a, a very a very good tool. Um, why do you think that companies don't utilize this more often? I don't think they know about it. I think a lot of times the, the Google My Business or the listings are created automatically with uh, customers' searches, search results, or people uh, checking into that, that location. So people think they're automatically there. And it, it is something that you could edit. You could, you could change the content. You could add your services. You could add... Uh, links to your services. There, there's so much that you could do that is just just not used just because people think it's there, and so they don't realize that. And and that's it's so interesting because basically you're telling your clients how to find you on Google, which you know Google accounts for the majority of the web traffic on the internet, like vast majority. It's not even co- comparable. Even if you factor in all of the the streaming services and that sort of thing, Google is is the king and we like to say that she rules with an iron fist um so are there any other before i I let you go because i know you have other things you got to do are there any other major tips or things that you like if if, say a a company is it's a small business for example or even a medium business they don't have a lot of time they're not super tech savvy they understand they should google google my business and they they figure out how to sign up for it and they get their they get their account set up what, what would you say are some things that are super critical that they just, if, if nothing else, they got to make sure that they do this? Well, if you, once you get that done, that is the most critical, of course, is setting up your account. But the next thing is respond to your customers' reviews. Uh, put in your holiday hours. Check out the services section and make sure that you, you fully fill out what your business does by service. Don't just put it all in one big service. Separate it. Get, get the more content you have the easier they're going to find what they want with your business. Nice. Nice. You know, that's such a parallel to you and I kind of go back and forth and talk about how um, putting a lot of content out there is the best way to make sure that you get in front of people. And, you know, I'm of the school of flood the market. You're of the school of flood it strategically. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and Google, I, I'm it sounds a firm like, believer in strategic marketing. <laughs> so, yes. so I would say that Google My Business offers companies a really easy way to do just that. Um, because they don't have to know the strategy. All they have to do is know their business. And if they can uh, tell their customers what, without being generic, by being pretty specific about the services that they offer, um, it sounds like you're giving Google a, a great way to uh, help put your company in front of people. Exactly. Exactly. It also helps when people are paying for ads for your company that you're getting in front of them just because that's going to be listed before an ad. And it's all because you've optimized your Google listing. Now, this all helps also with SEO, even though you're not really doing anything to the back end of your own website. Is that true? That is correct. That is correct. You're, you're adding a lot of keywords for the search results for the customers. And if Google feels that it's relevant search results, they're going to put it up there. As much as I hate to say it, I think this is probably one of the most valuable podcasts that I've done to date. And I think this is like the 12th episode. So um, I got to tell you, podcasting is, is fun. It's uh, really neat. I'm not going to go into a commercial for Anchor, but... 
Um, I, I'm glad you were my first guest. I appreciate you coming on. Anything else that you want to let uh, any of my listeners know about how to use Google for better marketing and save money? Oh, put you on the spot. I, I would I would say make sure that if, if you have a website and you're a website owner, make sure that you have your Google Analytics hooked up and look through those analytics. Watch watch YouTube videos on how to use it. What is the best? What are the best reporting tools for you to make your website better for your customers? Because if you're not doing that, your competitors are, and they will step over top of you. That's awesome. So this is that is a, that was a pretty deep dive into Google My Business. Thank you so much for being a part of it, and uh, maybe I'll have you again on next time when we talk about social media and digital marketing. All right. All right. All right. Thank you, sir. So this has been a pretty darn epic um, adventure. These last this this uh, episode and the one before it, um, I wanted to thank Matt Caesar, my special guest um, and Google My Business expert, for giving us all these great free tips and tricks on how to best Google, how to um, improve your listing. What you got to realize is Google wants to help people find what they're looking for. Like it's kind of their mission, you know. And the algorithm has been set up to give the best possible recommendation, and the best way that it can do that and put you out in front of your competitors is the more that it knows about your business and not in a creepy way but in a super good way you know it, it's it can't offer to give people information on that which it doesn't know so as all-knowing as the algorithm may be these are positive ways that you can feed that algorithm for free that will help you exponentially so do what Matt says take advantage of your Google my business um, get it maxed out as far as um, optimizing it and getting as much content as you can and then remember I mean as, as busy as you are take the time to at least once a week if not every other week post something to your Google My Business account as your business. It continues to establish your industry expertise and that helps people find you. So I hope you found this uh, this episode and the one before it valuable. If somehow you missed the prior episode about Facebook and LinkedIn marketing and the differences, please feel free to check that out. Otherwise, again, this has been the Deep Gripping Reality and here we dive deep on all kinds of different stuff. Today, it was essentially teaching people how to best do social media marketing and step a cut above everybody else without having to spend a whole lot of moolah. So um, if you enjoyed this episode, if you found value in it, do me a favor. Leave me a comment, share it, tell your friends about it, and let's spread this deep gripping reality and see how else we can get deep. Until next time, dig deep my friends.